you've got one life, so it's okay to, to be fearful, but it's how you sort of live with it and accept it and be kind to yourself. Hello and welcome to episode two of Modern Men. In this episode, I'm joined by Aaron Bretman. Now, Aaron's a friend of mine who I've worked with previously on a different podcast. The same podcast, in fact, that I worked with Jack Monaghan on, who was the previous guest in episode one. And as I've got to know Aaron over the past 12 months or so, I've realised that we had some quite similar experiences. So I thought it'd be really interesting to have a conversation about those on Modern Men. So on the episode, we discuss Aaron's first ever experiences with mental health. We talk about our shared experiences of grief. We've been through some very similar things, in fact. And we also touch on some of the habits that keep his mental health ticking over. Now, it might sound like a bit of a heavy one, but it was actually a thoroughly enjoyable and cathartic conversation. Goes on for about an hour or so, so hopefully you can get something out of the episode. Now, before we actually get going, I'd just like to invite you to follow me on the socials. So you can find me on Instagram at modernmenpodcast, and you can find me on Twitter at George underscore BWH. Both of the links for those will be down in the description. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could give the podcast a follow, a rating and a review on your preferred platform so that together we can expand the conversation around men's mental health. So without further ado, here is episode two with Aaron Bretman. So Aaron, cheers for coming on to um, Modern Men. How, How are you doing? Doing all right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, mate. You know, I'm uh, I'm glad that you asked me to come on here. You know, I'm very um, I'm very honoured. Um, and uh, I really love the concept of you doing this podcast. So, really honoured to to be a guest on it. Yeah, well, no, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Obviously, like we've spoken a little about a little bit before about the mental health side of things. Um, just like the the previous guest that I had on episode one, uh, Jack Monaghan, we know each other through doing our football podcast together, don't we? It's kind of mm-hmm. You know, we're not as involved as we once were necessarily, but um, we've got some great sort of football content. So maybe maybe I'll leave that in the description um, of the episode if anybody wants to check that out. But yeah, we kind of met through that, didn't we? And have kind of kept in touch, I guess, over the over time over WhatsApp and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you know yourself, life sort of gets in the way in terms of doing it. But I mean, I sort of loved how we got about doing that podcast. Literally, you put. And add on LinkedIn, and I just thought, do you know what? Screw it. I'm just gonna message you. Um, you know, we both wanted to, to get into it, and you know, it was really fun, and it is really fun. But you know, life gets in the way, and other projects come on board, and it's just priorities take over. Um, but uh, yeah, the well, I mean, we'll, we'll hopefully get back onto the pod, the, the football stuff. But this is much more, um, I, I think, a fun conversation instead of talking crap about you know Cardiff City or Aston Villa. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think like this this kind of thing gives us a chance, I guess, to be a little bit more kind of open, get to know each other a little bit more, that kind of thing, and just have some, you know, have some have some decent conversation because you you know I I set up questions for for these episodes, but they can kind of go off on tangents and we talk about all sorts of different things. But um, what I'm going to do is the the first kind of default question that I'm going to be asking every guest in uh, on this podcast basically is. If you could be having this conversation with me anywhere in the world right now, where would it be and why? Oh, that's a good question. Really putting me on the spot there. <laughs> um, I know what what answer I give. I know I want to change it straight away. Yeah, do you know what I get I'll that. say? I, I'll, I'll say I, I've got two. I'm sort of... No, no, do you know what? One, I, I'll, say, I'll say Toulouse in France, just at the River Garonne. That's where I would love to have oh, a, right. a conversation. Just... Um, you know, on a nice day in April and May, where it's nice and sunny, just down by the river, going to buy a cheap bottle of uh, four four uh, euro white wine <laughs> from uh, the Carrefour uh, shopping centre, and nice. just chilling by the steps, um, have a nice little uh, drink, drink of wine, and if you smoke, have a smoke as well. Um, honestly, like Toulouse is like my my one like happy place. Well, not my, my one and only happy place, but that's like, the first thing that comes. Uh, into my mind there. How many have you been a fair few times then? Do you know I've only well, so, so I studied there for like five months. Oh, um, cool. In like 2016, I actually went back a couple of years later for my birthday, but it was the first time that like I moved away from home, and uh, lived away from home, and um, it was a real eye-opening experience. You know, really mm. 
I mean, honestly, it was one time in my life where I just felt like so popular. Like we had a a, a party, and uh, you're talking about 120 <laughs> people came to our flat from all oh over the God. world. You know, you yeah. can't make it up. Like Brazilians, Canadians, Mexicans, Irish, English, Scottish, Welsh. French, German, Polish, like everything, you know, just because we're part of Erasmus, you know, the exchange, such uh, a close knit, like, like, like family. And I remember my mum came to visit me, and uh, there's a one of the girls there, the Colombian girl, and she like goes, Oh, hi, Aaron's out the blue, gives me a kiss in both cheeks. Mum's like, What's this? And then someone else comes up to you, you give him a kiss in both cheeks, and she's like, What's going into you? And it was just like, it was just amazing, just really embracing all the different cultures. It was it was really really eye opening, George. I mean, I, I re- it's a shame because of Brexit that I, they've stopped doing Erasmus unless you want to go to like Australia or US. Um, so they've, they've stopped doing that initiative. But um, that was definitely a big turning point in my life, you know, in terms of confidence and really eye opening. Yeah, no, that sounds amazing. Like I think. It is a shame with stuff like Brexit that 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 things like that are a lot harder to do yeah. now, or kind of some of them are just totally wound up. Because like, I know obviously I'm not I'm kind of like in my mid twenties now, and it's not really the kind of thing I'd be doing necessarily. But um, yeah, I, I think I've missed out on an opportunity like that to kind of meet loads of people from different cultures, that kind of thing. I think I've I've almost been a little bit too kind of closed closed off. Like I think especially when I was younger, I didn't really I didn't really at school go on any of the uh, trips abroad or anything like that I was very kind of because I was quite a kind of shy person I just kind of was always the one of the ones who would stay at school and I think I would have benefited from having those sorts of experiences so yeah that sounds amazing but um but, but, but you see that George that I mean from my point of view you're, you're right but the only reason that I did Erasmus is because I didn't apply myself I didn't get a placement job that I should have got you know like because yeah. in, my, in my course when you study business studies um, and really, I only studied it because it's like you have to go to uni, don't you? Like you have family pressure, uh, oh, yeah. peer pressure, and stuff like that. You just think that's the thing to do. And the only thing I was ever good at school was business. So, um, third year came, I had to get a placement, didn't really try. And then I got told, like, you know, there's so many business students, you need to stand out. And the only way you can do it is if you don't get a placement, go to Erasmus. And my mum was always harping on, you need to go abroad. This person's abroad, this person's abroad. And I just to get my back up, be like, leave me alone, sort of thing. But then, with that opportunity, well, I sort of forced to see that opportunity. Um, it wasn't something that you know I ever thought about before, but it was really, you know, I, I'm I'm glad it worked out the way it did because it was really uh, eye opening. But you know, for that experience you didn't have, I'm sure there was other experiences that you had in the meantime that, that, that were valuable. It's just like it just worked out for me at that time, so I'm quite lucky uh, in that way. Yeah, well, no, that sounds good. Like I definitely. We'll join you on the steps with a. Uh, can I have some of the four euro bottle of wine as well? If you're <laughs> yeah. if, if you're offering, or I'm, if it's four euros, I could probably get my own. To be honest, can't I? I'll probably just I'll probably just buy one and join you. Um, to be fair, six, six six years ago, so I mean, I, maybe, uh, maybe the prices have gone up a little bit. Bit of inflation, yeah. <laughs> like six, yeah, a bit of inflation, but inflation, but uh, yeah, it's, it's still cheaper than here. Put it that way. Yeah, I've actually, funnily enough, I've actually never been to France at all. But I'm hoping I'm hoping to go to Paris in the next kind of year or two. Nice. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, it's obviously like one of the close. Well, it's basically the closest kind of country abroad, isn't it, from the UK? Yeah. But I've just yeah, I've never I've never actually been. So it's on my list. It's just one of those places, especially like uh, Toulouse. I've heard a lot of good things about, and a lot of other places. But even even just Paris, I think it's just one of those places you've got to go to, isn't it? Just to t- sort of tick it off if you can get yeah. there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I've been a couple of times. I'm actually going again in January. Um, but well, I when the time this comes out, I might have already been there. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would definitely recommend going. But um, it's, we run, we run with the French because either you love them or you hate them, and, and I love them. <laughs> well, I mean, we've it, 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 from my perspective, England have been knocked out of the World Cup by France not too long ago. It's literally <laughs> five, four or five days since that happened. Um, when when we're recording in December. And currently, just as we're recording, it's actually the the France Morocco game, isn't it? Um, mm. I won't talk about football for too long because a lot of, a lot of list, some listeners might not be interested. But currently, France are on their way to the World Cup final. But I guess when this comes out, everyone will obviously know the uh, the final outcome of the World Cup. So it's an interesting one. But um, I guess like the next thing to kind of to kind of move the the conversation onto is what what was it that kind of made you willing to talk about mental health so so openly were there 
is, is there a kind of specific reason that you do that based on like your experiences it's a good question George <laughs> you obviously come for it I think from, from my point of view and I go back to like it would have been the sort of back end of 2017. Um, my mum had something going on and I thought it was a lot of rubbish. And I and I always remember saying to her, you're not mentally strong, you're weak. I remember a boyfriend at the time saying, you know, your mum's a very strong person. Didn't really understand mental health. And then it's, I would say, well, the back end of 2017, my mum's partner passed away uh, very suddenly and I was mm. in Australia. So it was, it was very difficult few months you know studio is meant to be a good time you know you, know, you finish uni you're going traveling you're meant to you know find yourself and all that rubbish and really it was a night- nightmare four months where i was skin i was mourning it was just horrible so cause i came home early i really i really when i came home from that uh just a bit like just struggle george for, for months and months and months like not all the time not like every day but like struggled and you know I always remember my grandma saying to me, and I know she means no harm because it sounds like she's a horrible person, but like she's really not. I love her to bits, but she said to me, um, "I never thought you would suffer suffer from mental health." Yeah, like yeah, and I always remember her saying that, like because I was one, I was quite you know blasé about the whole thing, and then it was just like. Yeah, I don't know. It sort of, sort of hit me like a ton of bricks because I just because I'm a full life person and whatever, and I just when she said that, it really hit hit a nerve. But yeah, like I think since going through it, and I'm sure we'll come on to sort of specific examples of it. Uh, over it's just been something that's constantly on my mind, and I'm a big advocate of it. Uh, I've I've always been an open book, so like I wear my heart on my sleeve. So I don't really, I can't really. What's what's the word? Um, not not empathise. I can't really see you know see how like other people are doing it in terms of like I do show my emotions, so I, I can't really empathise with how someone doesn't show their emotions, especially from mm. the men's side of things, because I do wear my heart on my sleeve. But it's it's really important to like, raise the the awareness of it. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm just a mass massive advocate of it because because everyone has their own issues. I don't believe anyone goes through their life with um, you know all plain sailing. They all have their issues, and I think for me being in that position where it's like I thought it was a lot of crap, to realise how important it is and how it should be talked about is sort of the main reason for it. And I realise that's such a long-winded answer to a very simple question. No, and no, I'm not at all. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think it's good. It's good to go off on those kind of like to I, I've kind of pushed people. Rambling, just pure yeah, rambling. Yeah, exactly. But it, it's it's come round, and it's 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 completely made sense as a response and everything to the question and i think it is one of those things where there's not there's not really a simple answer to stuff like that so like it's it makes sense to kind of go off and i think we've probably had sort of similar experiences in terms of dealing with things like that and dealing with kind of sudden changes of like losing somebody i know we'll probably speak about it even a little bit a little bit um a little bit more later in the episode but um it is it is a huge challenge and kind of like I think everybody at some point in their life will go through it where they will lose somebody who's kind of, you don't expect to. Obviously, there's there's certain people in your family that you you know that they're ill, you know that things are kind of going downhill, you know, if they're elderly relatives or that kind of thing and they've been yeah. not too great for, you know, a number of years and stuff like that. But when it's somebody who's kind of relatively young and it's very sudden, it is, it's a completely different ball game. But I guess, um, yeah, I, I, I suppose kind of like, what, what were your first ever experiences would you say i know you probably just answered this question is that is that kind of the first time that you noticed that you were suffering from some kind of mental health challenge whether it be anxiety depression um anything like that was that kind of that loss was that the very sort of first time you noticed that or had you struggled with anything before i would say it's the first time where it hit me i think now because i'm so self-aware now uh, there was probably times when I was younger in school and stuff of anxiety, stress, um, lack of confidence, lack of belief and all that. But in terms of the like, major, it would have been that time in Australia. I think what, what also made it more, like, hitting me hard. Look, yeah, so, so I, lost, I lost Morris, my mum's partner, who was a massive part of my life. Um, yeah, like a massive part of, like, of my life. We went with my mum for like seven years and like they just died suddenly. I was actually on FaceTime to him like a few hours before he collapsed. And it sort of dragged on for weeks and weeks. But 
when I was in Australia, before sorry, before I went to Australia, I was saying to everyone, oh, I'm going to be here for two years and I'm going to be doing this and this and you're never going to see me again. So I was working at a bar at the time, telling it, you know, giving it big dog bollocks. Yeah. And then I came back in February, skin, begging from old job back sort of thing. You, you know, borrowing money from old boss. And, you know, back where I started in Glasgow, living at home, just feeling a bit like a failure. And that, that whole failure just sort of really hit me hard. Like, it really hit me hard. But, and I think it took me, it wasn't really until I came back to Glasgow from Australia where I really was grieving. Um, do, do you know, like, because the, the main point was actually, I, I was seeing a girl from work at the time and we were never the, we were never the right match. We were never, never the right match. Yeah. But like, she was a lovely girl, but it's never the right match, never the right fit. And definitely the, the wrong girl at the wrong time. Uh, and you know, if she wasn't there or didn't reply to my texts or stuff, it would affect my mood. It was like I was affected by her actions towards me, which is so not fair looking back in it. And I remember one day we were just like she wasn't getting back to me, and she ended up going out for drinks with a friend or something, whatever. And I was at home, and I was that that real breaking point where it was like an out of body experience. I don't know if you've ever had that, where it's like I don't know who I am, like. Yeah, no, I, I think it is one of those things. I think it manifests itself in, in totally different ways for different people. And for me, it's it's strange in the sense that I've always been someone who struggled with general life. You know, like at school, I was a very anxious person. Uh, kind of various other stages of my life, I've struggled with like change and things like that. But, but weirdly, I think I, I pushed myself because I, I lost my dad maybe, hang on, let me see. At the time of recording, it was just over three years ago. It was in December 2019. So for me, it was a weird one because what happened was I was I was with, with somebody for three years, engaged actually, and lived with her for three years. Well, we lived, we lived together for about two years. And we split up in the October. I moved back home. Um, my dad obviously passed away like literally about a month and a bit after that. And then going into the new year, COVID struck in like February, March time. And then my granddad actually passed away from COVID. So like in, in about a seven, eight month period, so so many like drastic things happened and like un, kind of like surprising things, but also just tragic things and like horrible things all at the same time. But for me, I'm sure I, I won't get into it too much now, but like for me with my dad, it was very full on because I was kind of there at the time and had to kind of deal with it basically. Um, mm. which I'm sure I'll, at some point on this podcast, I'll probably open uh, and, and talk about that a little bit more, but, um, it's yeah, probably good to, it's probably, sorry, it's probably good. To, sorry, sorry, lad, jump ahead. It's probably, nah, sure, yeah. <clears throat> it's probably good to chat about it now. Cause I, I see yeah, a probably. lot of, a lot of relation, um, a lot of similarities between you losing your dad, which I'm really sorry about. And, and, and I, Lost my dad. Oh, um, I lost my dad in November twenty twenty. Uh, so, yeah, like, yeah, so, so, so quite, so quite, so quite some like similar mm. in terms of the time, and that was during COVID. Um, yeah. So I, I'm very interested to hear your story, but like from from my from my point of view, because like, you talk about things happen at once. Two two weeks before my dad died, um, I I lost my job. Um, yeah. I, I moved into a recruitment job. But, and I was not really qualified for it, and I made some stupid mistakes there and deservedly got let go on the spot. Um, looking back, I just couldn't deal with the pressure, and working from home, it just it was just not my thing, and made mistakes, and then, yeah, so I, I mean, my dad said some really nice things to me, he really didn't really say much as, as a person, but when he did it, because he didn't say much, it was impactful. And he always yeah, said you need to be treated, you need to be treated right, and whatever. So obviously, I was at a loss. I'm, I'm 25 years of age. I'm living at home, and you know I'm unemployed, and that, you know don't drive or anything. It's, it's not looking great. And then two weeks later, my dad died suddenly, and um, yeah, it was. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know yourself. It's just, it's just, it's not nice. No, but I think, I think, for, I think, from my point of view, it was like, I, I took everything on. Like to deal with his affairs, you know, in terms of uh, dealing with all, you know, the formalities, you know, yeah. as parents, you know, because that, that, that's thing like no one tells you about. It's like, oh, sorry for your loss, oh, no. what happens? It's like, it's all the stuff you got to deal with, like his affairs, his flat, 
it, it wasn't his flat it was like a you know mantis but bit bit whatever it's like having to deal with that you know even stuff like having to like close his passport and drive lashes no one tells you how to do that you've got to go and do all that um having to deal with all his mail finding mail that <laughs> I'll put I'll I'll put this here as a bit of a surprise. It's the things that we had to deal with, mm. but, but even stuff even stuff like um, with, with the funeral. So 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 I'm of Jewish faith. So like the in the Jewish tradition or whatever religion, you got to bury the body as soon as possible. But really, because he died suddenly, we I wanted to do a post mortem on him. I wanted to know what happened. Yeah. So originally they said it was going to take two weeks, and there was pushback from the family because they wanted to get buried straight away. But I'm like, I need to know how my dad died. Did he kill himself? Was it a heart attack? I need to know what had actually happened. Um, and then you know the thing is that everyone's so nice to you when it comes to you know the people, the police you speak to, you know whoever that you speak to, they're they're they're, they're so nice, especially when you're young. Um, and they managed to do it quickly, but even that stress, and because it was COVID times, could only have twenty people at the funeral. So I'm having to go oh, through God, yeah. you know, the family members in terms of like my grandparents are going to want people, my aunt, then my dad's sister is going to want people, my dad's brother is going to want people, you know, me and my sister. So do you know what I mean? You, you've only got twenty people there, so it's all yeah. these things that you don't you don't think about. But for me, looking back at it, dealing with my dad's affairs, cleaning his flat, doing all that, as much as it, it was horrific and stuff. It was a distraction for me being unemployed and living at home. Right. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. so like it, like it was, it was still horrific, and I mean, still miss my dad to this day. Like grief is such a weird thing because you can't explain it. But that 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 for me was like uh that for me was like a I don't want to say welcome. To, it wasn't a welcome distraction. But it was a distraction. Yeah. And then once that once all the dust settled and dealt with all his things, then um, affairs. Sorry. Then it was like oh shit. I'm without a dad, I don't have a job, I'm at home, I'm grieving. What is life going to look like? Do you know what I mean? So it's just it's just mad. I mean, I don't, I don't know if your story's got any similarities to that. There definitely are some similarities. I mean, I do remember m- my mum did the majority of the kind of sorting out my dad's kind of like affairs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think I did the odd bit, like even like weird stuff, like just kind of shutting down his like Facebook like account mm. and stuff like that. Just because I know... Because he worked, he did like freelance, like illustration work and stuff on the side of his job. So right. I was like, I don't want ran, I don't want people just like messaging him, being like, "Where's this guy gone?" Because you know, it was all so sudden. Like it's that's another thing is like a lot of people don't know, and then you you see someone that you haven't seen for a couple of years, and they start talking to you, and then it comes back up again because you tell them, and it's like it's it's constantly a thing that follows you. But I I, I do. Uh, he, no, it's all right. He yeah, he had he basically had like we still we still don't really get a hundred percent how like why it, it happened specifically, but basically he had like um, a really really minor heart attack. Basically, he didn't even know that's what it was. He literally drove home from work, um, which is like a twenty twenty five minute drive, um, having either just had having i think just had it it was you know when people just say oh so, so and so's had a funny turn and like you don't actually know what it is uh, right. <coughs> just one of those and he didn't i don't think he even wanted to go into hospital and my mum kind of said like you probably should just to be on the safe side and that's when they said it was like a very minor heart attack um so he had a, he actually had a stent fitted but then about i think it was about i don't think if it was a week or two weeks later he just in in his sleep hadn't had like a huge heart attack, um, and it was such a it was such a shock because we kind of thought um, it, the basic the basic kind of idea was that he'd had this stent put in which had so, basically sorted the issue, and he was on this medication and stuff like that. Weirdly enough, though, the night because it happened probably like two or three two or three o'clock in the morning, um, yeah. and my mum like woke me up, and obviously we had to try and you know try and basically like revive him kind of thing before the uh mm-hmm. the ambulance came which yeah. was that's the kind of thing like in my head that was like that it's such a weird thing because i have like a memory of it but at the same time it feels like it was over in about 20 seconds and such a weird weird kind of memory like time wise but yeah so that was basically what happened yeah but yeah it was it was just a ma- it was a massive shock like more than anything because it had been a weird the evening had been weird, and I remember him saying to my mum like that he was worried about it, um, and he was just like worried that everything wasn't all right, which is a weird kind of thing. And he, there were certain things now, like when I kind of look back, 
another weird thing actually the night the night before it happened uh this is a really really weird thing and obviously like it's probably a coincidence but if you believe in kind of Mm-hmm. all sorts of different like things then you might yeah, see something yeah. in this but basically he he never he'd never spoken about the beatles before ever at any point but the night before he was playing Be- Beatles songs on his phone on spotify and he was oh. going oh like no weird i'm just in the mood to to listen to the beatles and then funnily like this is where it's a bit mad the day that he actually passed away was the 8th of december which is the same day as john lennon which is just oh odd <laughs> definitely weird yeah. definitely really weird um i i, I, I do believe in those coincidences it's though, so, because, yeah. yeah because like because my dad was so, so we well when we found out he died, he died on the 17th of november 2020 morris my, my part my partner my mom's partner passed away he died on the 8th of december but he had his heart attack and collapsed on the 17th of november so oh. it's like the same day that my dad died it's just weird that right? is so weird. That, yeah, so it's like I, I totally believe that, like that's sort of like in these coincidental things, and you know whatever. It's just it's just strange. It's it's like, it's, it's like the night before my dad died. I didn't take my phone. I was out for dinner. My mum's new boyfriend. Like, why didn't I take my phone? My dad left me a voicemail saying, "Hi, Aaron. I'll speak to you tomorrow." Yeah. Like, why didn't I? T- why didn't I take my phone out with me that night? I have my phone everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like just weird things like that. Um, so I totally get what 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 you mean. I don't I don't think it's a coincidence. No, it is it is a weird thing because it's one of those things like normally I'm quite skeptical on things like that. But when it when things like that start to happen to you, it's really strange and you kind of don't know like what to think or what to believe. And there's all kinds of things where you know people say about um, like white feathers and stuff like that and seeing seeing yeah. things like that as like a sign. And that's happened. Um, I mean a skeptical person would just go oh yeah like a pigeon has just flown like five seconds before that's why a white feather's flying out of the sky but why is it it, it it's it seems seems to be a kind of meaningful moment sometimes it's just a it's just one of those weird things i guess if you believe in it you do and if you don't you don't but um i yeah i was very skeptical but now i'm kind of like maybe there is something something else going on there, I don't know. Believe everything, like, see with those white feathers, like, I mean, okay, there's been a couple of times I've looked and there's, like, a dead pigeon on the other side of the road, so, like, <laughs> yeah. enough, but, but I remember one, one time, not even that long ago, maybe about six months ago, just, just, just anxiety comes over, like, sometimes it comes over, like, I'm, I'm in that sort of headspace now, I just accept it, don't try and fight it, and just, you know, you know, accept it's there, but it'll, it won't last. Um, it will go away. So like, I just went for a run, and I just feel a bit anxious about maybe work or about or something. And then there was just a white feather there, just in the middle of nowhere. And you're like, mm-hmm. right, okay, I know that my dad and, and Morris are looking out for me. It's just a reassurance. And you, do you know what? It doesn't matter if, it, in fact, if it's true or not. If you believe it, and it gives you yeah. comfort. That that's the main thing. Uh, like I think nothing, and you know yourself, nothing is stupid. Nothing's wrong. Oh no. Um, and it's, it's what you believe in. You know, you, you believe in, and if it gives you comfort then do you know what like who's anyone else to to judge you yeah exactly i think it is it is like that it's basically it is about because like me and my mum have conversations sometimes or like i've heard other people have conversations or spoken to them about stuff like that and it's kind of you know you think to yourself that probably isn't the case that probably is stupid but at the end of the day if if you to sort of take comfort in that and it makes you feel better then I guess there's no harm in it at all, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, it is. It is. It is a very weird one. Obviously, it's not something anyone ever prepares for. Like everybody always knows if they've got relatives who are, you know, eighty, eighty-five, ninety years old, then probably in the relatively near future you're going to lose that person because that's just human nature. Mm-hmm. But when they're, you know, in their forties or fifties, obviously, for some people, it's even younger. Um that's when it's kind of such a massive shock. There's literally nothing at all that can really prepare. Obviously, if they've been ill for a long time as well, then yeah. stuff like that. But if it's a complete shock, like it seems to have been for for, for both of us, then um, it is it is weird and it does send you, send you on this weird kind of journey where like, I don't know how you over kind of, as time has passed on, how well, how you've dealt with it. Because I know for me, I've not, I think it, it was a weird one because obviously COVID happened uh, like basically two or three months after my dad, um, my dad passed away. I kind of, at, at the start of COVID, I was kind of in a place where I was like, right, if I, if I don't push myself to kind of form some positive habits, do a bit more exercise, 
practice just kind of like good good habits and things like that um the whole thing of obviously what's just happened and also being stuck indoors 24 7 is going to drive me mad so i have to push myself and weirdly i think the sort of lockdown and everything like that actually helped me deal with it because it allowed me the time to kind of process stuff and be able to come up with like mechanisms to just get through get through everything like that i think almost maybe if i'd been carrying on with life and kind of distracting myself through things like that maybe i wouldn't have dealt with it as well but now obviously that life's back to normal i'd say now i'm kind of in a place where it sort of hits me in kind of five ten minute periods every now and again but i don't have like i think if i now a thing is if i'm struggling with my mental health in general i start maybe thinking about it a little bit then but generally speaking on a on a a weekly basis it'll have kind of just like a five ten minute period where i'll feel like shit about it Mm. but i don't know kind of what place you're in because obviously it's a it's just a journey and like there's no some people will feel absolutely awful about it 24 7 for for ages and ages and ages and other people will kind of carry on as normal like me but it will hit them and there's no right or wrong way to kind of grieve or deal with it but how where where are you kind of at with everything at the moment like how are you actually doing with it all do you know it's a very interesting one because like a few a few months well was it four five months after it happened uh i got an opportunity to move to leeds you know to start a new career mm. shit money but but i got an opportunity to start as a trainee i appreciate i know experience and to work my way you know up into a new company sort of thing and a new start and i think moving away really was a good sort of distraction from it from from everything but like the last year was like and you know yourself when it's the first day of the the first birthday the first father's day the first um when it's your birthday do you know what i mean it's yeah. the first of everything it's constantly on your mind i, I actually thought like so me and my sister i've got a younger sister she, she's only just turned 21 um so it's it's like she didn't really show her emotions the first year she sort of hid them but like this year has been tougher for her whereas you know i I've sort of I've accepted my dad and sort of grieved him, um. You know, I've I, I speak to a counsellor quite regularly, maybe once a month, once every two months, and she's also qualified in bereavement counselling. So I thought, like, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna speak speak about my dad, and you know, from from speaking, she's like, you've grieved your dad, and it's like I am at peace with him. It doesn't mean I don't miss him. But yeah, I, I have I have grieved him, but in saying that, this year November seventeenth is much harder than the last year for two reasons. One, November. It's always gonna be a shite month for me. It just is, you know. It's time winter comes in. It's dark, yeah. you know. Thinking of of the two deaths of and um, but it was like a, you know it's that way where it's like before November started, I'm like prepare myself for a difficult November. You know, my girlfriend was like to me, look, next November, don't prepare yourself for you know November. Just you know, you just got to get on with it and see how you feel without having to you know create the build up. It's just so right. But th- this November the seventeenth was harder than the last year. I just found it so difficult and I think it's because I hadn't really my dad hasn't been in my mind all year do you know what I mean and then it mm. sort of hit me like a ton of bricks and it brings back all those feelings you know of guilt could have done more there, I had a really I had a good relationship with him but for my dad's son relationship it was a bit complex um, yeah. so it's like so it brings it brings all that into it, it and it's just a bit, a bit sad but, but but on the whole on the whole you don't really it's not a case of dealing with it good or bad it's just how you can get on with life. You know, I know people that are, uh, have been grieving for like 30, 40 years and, you know, struggle to leave the house, you know, and, and I've lost their confidence in social interactions and stuff. And I find that really sad. I find it really sad um, that they can't, you know, move on with their life. I don't mean relationships and stuff, just move on with their life. And yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm doing fine, but, I, but, but, but I, as you know, when it comes to these things, George, and mental health and this, it's not a case of, you're fine it's done or you're good it's a constant you know work in progress mm-hmm. one thing like we have like final three questions to to ask you basically but i think before that i just wanted to kind of ask like has anything what has helped you to kind of get through whether it be grief or or just mental health struggles in general yes i think i think exercise is a big one i think the winter time i mean I've, I've just come back from glasgow from a week and it's a busy period i've not been doing exercise like running 
that, that, I, that I love to run and I can feel it. I can feel it in my body. I can feel me getting a bit, you know, more aggy, a bit more, you know, bad moody because I'm not running and exercising as much. So it's something that's on my list, you know, this week to get back into it because I, I can identify it. You know, I know that'll make me feel better. So constantly exercise, I would say, is a big one. Also, what I've done, and I'll uh, shout out to my mum's now fiance um, that told me about this. You know, because I, I think when you when you read books, you speak to counsellors, they always talk about writing stuff down. But I think everything gets muddled up. What what I've got is like a and like he um, he sort of recommended it to me as like a as a gratitude book. Um, it's like well, basically called the five minute journal. I don't know if you if you've heard of it, George, or it rings a bell. I know that the whole thing of journaling and like writing down kind of things you're grateful for, I think is is a really good like helpful well, the, thing. The thing is, if, for me, it's discipline because and it's about it's about positivity and discipline because discipline's so difficult and it's about not being hard on yourself when you've when you've got if you have a bad day or you know you're not doing your your positive habits it's very easy to like beat yourself up and that's my thing i'm 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 my own worst enemy as i'm sure a lot of the majority of people are so this book is basically in the morning three things you're grateful for three things that made to the, the the day good and a daily affirmation uh, and then yeah. at night three three highlights of the day and what and what you learned today so i for example like today the day recording i've had a shitty day at work it's been busy and whatever but i know i've got three highlights of the day that are positives do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like so, and I know I've got three things I'll be grateful for. So for me, for me doing that every day and every night is good bit of discipline. I've been doing it now for over a year and a half now. I'm on my, I'm on my second book. Um, actually, no, that's a lot of rubbish. I've, I've done it for about eight months. I'm on my second book. I've not done it a year and a half yet. But um, just just doing that sort of discipline, doing that every single day. And if I do miss a day, it's fine. I just fill it in, you know. Like I mean, it's very the odd occasion, but if I'm if I'm away, you know, at mates and stuff or, or whatever, a big night out, I might I might miss it on a night, but I go back to it because because do you know what I mean? It, it's nice to reflect. So I say I say that, and, and you mentioned it before exercise. I think for me that's uh, that that that's a massive thing. Yeah, I'd say that's one thing that I've done before, but I. I've always struggled to stick with the whole journaling thing and just like mm. that's why it's I, good though George that, yeah. generally that's why that's good because I'm not a big journal thing it's literally five minutes every day and it's structured mm. it's not like a blank sheet of paper for you just to write down your thoughts and feelings it's literally get up do things that you're great you know do you know what I mean yeah that so, might be a better idea for me to be honest to get something yeah, that's I, like I, I highly recommend it or you know like like to you um, they're about th- 30 quid uh, a time but they last you like six or seven months yeah that's uh, pretty good yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, look, it's definitely worth giving it a go. But it definitely, it's to encourage that positivity. But for me, I, I look at it as more of a discipline. You yeah. Know, like, so I'm allowing myself that five minutes of self reflection. So that's why that's you know my answer to that. I think it's a great idea. It's definitely something that I'd, I'd look into again because I think, as you said, having that discipline, it is very difficult to to discipline yeah. in in any sort of area of your life, like. As, as you say with exercise as well, um, it is really hard, especially in the winter. Like, because um, I, I struggle with stuff in the winter in general. Like, I think yeah. the, I've always been, I much prefer the summer. I much prefer when it's hot. Um, at the minute, especially with the ha- kind of how expensive like um, energy bills and stuff like that are. Like, and I, because I work from home, I'm literally, it's just freezing 24, it's the whole day, it's so cold. But, um, but yeah, it's one of those things like with exercise has started really helping me like when I first started my full-time job uh, back in May 2022 I got into a habit of going to the gym after work well not every day maybe like four days a week three days a week Um, I think I started with two days and then upped it to like four I'm changing gym I'll be when this comes out I'll be in a new gym spending a lot less money on it as well so it it, all positive all positive but um I think we'll move on to like the final three questions, if that's all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. Um, one of them I think you mentioned on the Google form that you sent over, well, the, the one that I sent to you, um, quite a while ago now, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, what I wrote. Yeah, the first question is, um, what's one resource you would recommend to listeners? So that could be, like I was saying earlier, like a podcast, a book, um, a film. It could even be just kind of like... Um, a kind of any anything that you have that helps your mental health that's like um a physical thing or something that or it, it could even be just like an album or a song it could literally be anything you like i guess 
Um, a, v- a very easy answer and I highly recommend it because I'm not a reader I'm actually not a reader but my council recommended this book and it's changed my whole outlook on life and it's called uh, God, what's it called? Feeling the Fear by Susan Jeffers um, mm. I don't know if you're familiar with it George but if not I highly recommend <laughs> I don't think um, I am, no No, it's, br- it's brilliant and I think the things I've read quite a few self-help books now and I've taken bits from from all of them, but this was the one that really resonated with me. And it was like the first, the first. Um, it's all about facing, f- you know, feeling the fear and facing it, and just you know, embracing it. And, and I think mm. for the first chapter, there's a line in it because basically, I went to my counselor and I'm like, I'm not a reader. I'm not going to really take this in. She went, look, when something resonates with you, put a highlighter. Just take a highlight pen, stop what you're doing and highlight. And I got myself into a good routine when I was reading a chapter a night before bed. Um, just one chapter and just highlighting the points. Um, um, and with this one, in the first chapter, there was a sentence like, you, you say things to protect yourself, but really it's stopping you from growing. So you say things just to make you feel better, you know, to, to be getting the defensive, but it actually stops you from growing. And it really sort of resonated with me. I don't think I've, I've phrased that correctly, but, it, but you know what I mean? It's something like that. Um, and it really sort of hit home. Um, it's a really powerful book, and it's just about sort of embracing the fear. You know, you've got you've got one life, so it's okay to, to be fearful, but it's how you sort of live with it and accept it and be kind to yourself. And there was bits in, in every chapter, and it just resonated with me about relationships, about work. You know, you talk about, like, you know, there's that pain to power. You want to you wanna be in power and complete control of your own life, and then you allow external victims like work, relationships, other people affecting your mood. It's your life. Mm. It's all these external factors. It's just a different outlook on life. And it was such an eye-opener where I'm like, I'm actually in control of my life. I've got one life here. So it's all right to feel anxious or whatever. It's okay to feel like people are looking at, at me, but it's, it's about getting on with it. I mean, in, in, one of, in, in the book as well, it just made me realise as well that when I've got anxiety before I beat myself up about having anxiety and then I get angry about beating myself up about having anxiety and then I get angry about being angry about being angry that I've got anxiety yeah. and then you keep going around in this vicious circle yeah, I can relate to that definitely <laughs> yeah, yeah oh but it's everything it's like oh, like a few weeks ago I, I did a 10k in like 50 minutes and I was buzzing you know really good nice. fitness I'm, I'm in I'm in I'm in and then I got tonsillitis I'm ill and I've not really recovered in terms of fitness and, and whatever so I, of course I'm frustrated with it but then I'm going to yeah. get I'm going to get frustrated about being frustrated about doing that, about doing that, and you go around in a vicious circle and you get nowhere and, you, you know, you, your head's spinning and, you know, it's just about accepting, right? This is where you are. You know you can get back to it. It's just about baby steps, not trying to do... Try, you know, so it's not like next time I go for a run, I should be aiming it in 42 minutes. I should be, like, just accepting it and just run for what I can and just, you know, accepting it and just sort of enjoy the moment not be hard on myself now that that is easier said than done but it's something that constantly working off on but, but that book just give me a proper outlook different outlook on life um probably not doing it justice but it's definitely worth a worth a read i'll definitely have to check it out and i'll leave a link to um a link to kind of buy that book or whatever in the show notes as well in the description so i'll leave that i'll leave that down there um but yeah no i, I completely get that like with me like i was saying about because I, I used to run a little bit. I've always had knee, kind of like knee issues, I think, because I have like, um, I basically have to wear insoles because I have like, I have basically have, I have flat feet basically. So I've struggled. That's caused issues with like my ankles and my knees and stuff like that. So if I don't, if I'm not careful or like it, it can cause me grief. But um, I even got into the rhythm and made so much progress just like on the treadmills at the gym and stuff like that. Because I thought mm. with the treadmill, it's better than, road running because when you're on the road it's sort of so uneven and like it's not it's not like necessarily easy on your knees all the time right so i just yeah. thought a treadmill might be a little bit more gentle but then i started getting knee issues even from that and then i started becoming and then i kind of like left the treadmill for a little bit and was just focusing on other stuff at the gym then i became ill then it's like now it's like snowing and there's ice and it's just like it's all it's one of those things where like you have to just kind of take a step back and go like, you know, this is just what it's like at the moment. I just, I will get back to it. Uh, <clears throat> it's all right. Like to take steps back as long as you kind of, I'm still motivated to push back and kind of like make progress again, then it's okay. Really. Um, what would be one kind of final piece of advice that you would give to modern men? It's difficult to have one piece of advice, isn't it? Really? Nah, I, I just think talk. 
Um, I, I think what what a lot of guys are good at is if their mates are struggling, they're like, oh, I'm here for you, I'm here for you. But when they're in the situation, they get in their shell, they go, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, don't worry about me, don't worry about me. Um, and try and be sort of like the big man. Yeah. I just think talk. I don't, if you want to cry, cry. I mean, I, I'm a crier as a person, but like, the, the crying doesn't mean anything. Like, crying doesn't mean good or bad. If you cry, you cry. It's just an acceptance. But I mean, just talk. Just go, look, mate, I'm struggling. Or, mate, can we just have a chat, a catch up? I'm just feeling a bit all over the shop. You know, that's what friends are for or family's for. Um, there, there is still a stigma there, George, which I'm a bit like. I'm a bit, I, I, like, I don't really appreciate because I'm an open person, so I just presume what all the other guys my age are, but they're not. You know, I yeah. know people my age, like, that have, you know, done taking their own lives and stuff, and you're like, I just can't, I, you know, I just can't imagine it. Like, yeah. just talk if, you, if, you're in, if you're in that bit. So, I mean, it's probably obvious, but definitely the one piece of advice is, is, is to talk, and, that, and that's what's so good about doing this podcast is that you can, um, you know, I'm I'm sure I mean all it takes is for one guy suffering to just take a listen, and I'm sure they can resonate with something that I've said, something that you've said, and you know can hopefully just make them feel a little bit better. Yeah, I think uh, that's a good answer. I think like it is one of those things where I do think yeah, men definitely find it harder to talk in general, and I think there is that whole kind of masculinity thing. You know, try and just battle through it on your own and kind of be the protector for, for for other people or be just kind of like you know able to deal with absolutely anything on your own and that's realistically that's not the case and I'm, I'm with you in terms of I've I've always been I don't know where it necessarily stems from I, I think growing up I was never kind of encouraged to hide my emotions or, or anything like that by my parents at all mm-hmm. and I think that's manifested itself really well in terms of like I, I probably am like one of the I'm one of the most open people that I know about about mental health like especially even like doing stuff like this like I think one benefit of being open about mental health well there's two benefits for me like one of them is it gets it off your own chest and you can kind of have that have a conversation with other people you can have you can hear from like-minded people like yourself and like other people hopefully that I'll be talking to and at the same time also if people are listening to you that whether it be in person or whether it be through something like a podcast like this, that then kind of in their head, hopefully something clicks and they go, oh, look, other people are talking about this kind of thing. Maybe it is okay. And maybe like we can talk about it um, and everything like that. Because, you know, it's come on leaps and bounds, like men talking about their emotions and stuff like that. But there's still a big stigma and there's still a long way to go with it. So I think it's still, we just need to keep pushing it and keep kind of, making everybody aware that it is fine and there's absolutely like no, nothing wrong there isn't a single person who doesn't go through struggles so it is fine to open up yeah. it's, it's, it's just lad culture like i've noticed yeah. it a lot recently so it's just it's just football lad cu- culture i'm trying to not drink as much alcohol and stuff and then i feel if i'm out i just feel a bit out of place at times you know in that environment you know it's all like lad lad lads let's go let's go take drugs and and just get pissed and try and shag every bird in sight, and you're like, right, okay, it's. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's a bit pathetic, if I'm honest. And I just feel like, I don't know if that's some age and stuff, but especially being around football, and you'll know this as well. Like being around football is very sort of laddish culture. The big tough guy go to the mm. pub and all that sort of thing, um, uh, which is fine, but I do think like. Like you, you wouldn't see someone sort of being down in the dumps in that environment and showing it, do you know what I mean? So that's, yeah. that, that lad culture still sort of exists. Um, yeah. Definitely. I think, like, in terms of that being, like, a major interest for both of us, like, we've both kind of sidestepped that. Like, I've always managed to kind of not really get involved with with that side of things like I've never I've never really been to be honest I've, I went through only like one sh- short stage of like heavy drinking when I was like in my teen in my sort of late teens and since then I've just kind of I don't get I don't go out <laughs> I don't get out that much to be honest and I kind of managed to stay away from all that kind of thing which I think so I think it's a good thing um yeah. overall do you, do you have anything else that you kind of want to mention before we close up the um the episode today Oh. Don't know if there's anything else that springs to mind, or whether we're kind of just oh. come to its natural end. No, I, well, I think we talk about this. You know, 
there's, there's, you, you, you can actually talk about it forever, George, can't you? But then, yeah, it's just nice. It's just nice to share to to share those close experiences. I'll, I'll sort of end it with this, and I, and I don't, I don't want this to sound very like braggy or bummy because I promise it's not what I want this to come across. But doing a lot of ref- time of recording, when I look back in two years ago, when I thought I was a complete failure, you know, living at home, jobless, just lost my dad, don't know what I'm doing, you know, applying for 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 the door, um. You know, you know. So I just thought, like, like, like basically, that that was my rock bottom. You know, like twenty December twenty twenty. You know, just thought it was pathetic. And then when you look at it two years later, you know, I'm living in the city center of Leeds. I've got a job that I like. I'm in a career that I'm in the right path with. I've got a girlfriend that I'm really happy with. Um, I've, I've made myself a good life here in the space of two years. So if you would have said two years ago I'd be in this position now, I would be like, that's a pipe dream. I've no chance I could do that. And it's like it's amazing what you can get done with you need a bit of luck but with a good support network around you um self-belief you know self-belief you know if you believe good things will happen they will you know the mindset is such a powerful thing um i know that sounds probably really sort of bummy that <laughs> but, I just, but, no. but i think it's just important to important to mention like th- th- things do do uh, turn around and stuff yeah no definitely i agree with that i mean like in de- we're in december 2022 when we're recording uh, a year ago, I were I just walked out of a full time job because of my like mental health, and I was just about to walk out of a of another full time job, like just at the turn of the year. So now being in a position now where I'm working full time, I've been doing it for six seven months now. I'm pretty settled. At the start of the year, I thought, do you know what? I'm never going to be able to hold down a job. I'm never going to be able to deal with like just general everyday life things that other people have to deal with, and like. If you have a little bit of belief and you kind of, even the smallest bit of belief can go a long way. And it, again, like you said, if you have those people around you, you can do whatever you want, really, essentially. You can get you can get to wherever you want. So anyway, uh, thank you so much, Aaron, for coming on and having a chat. Um, My pleasure, mate. My pleasure. We're co- yeah, we're coming up to like an hour now on this episode, which obviously we, we didn't really plan. But no, like, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Like, just talk shite. I just talk shite. Just ramble on. <laughs> no, like, we can have, like, it, it, like you said, we, we probably have to have a part two again at some point or something like that because there are so many different topics, I guess, we could just, like, bounce off each other yeah. and talk about. So, but um, yeah, I hope everybody has enjoyed listening to the episode do go down in the show notes and look at our socials and give us a follow on all of those um and check out aaron's book suggestion and he wants his socials down there we'll put him there i don't know if he does uh but yeah basically just, you want. <laughs> just have a look in the show notes and you'll find all of the good stuff down there so um thank you for listening and goodbye